Welcome to Kinozoid. Uh, this week we are talking about the big, <laughs> talking about the Flash, folks. And this episode is called Episode Two: The Flash, or How Fast I Learned to Stop Worrying About Ezra Miller's Crimes and Learn to Love DC EU Kino. And whether this is true or not, we will have a deep discussion on the Flash movie, um, Ezra Miller themselves, and the DCEU as a whole. And joining me is my cohort, Peter Udlog. How are you doing today, Peter? I am doing very fine. Uh, okay, we both saw Flash. We both have thoughts about it. <laughs> I'm uh, assuming you were a bit more forgiving than I was. I am more forgiving, I think, than you are of this movie. I And that's the crazy thing is I normally eat this shit up even if I know it's bad. I can enjoy it. Like, I enjoyed this movie, but I got I got some issues. So first and foremost, let us get um the, the deal with the red tape type shit. Um, we do not uh, condone the craziness that Ezra Miller brought upon themselves with the whole issues with this movie. However, there are uh, many, many people that worked on this movie who deserve to make a living. Um, so whether someone decides to or doesn't decide to see this movie, that is uh, perfectly uh, acceptable and you know okay. So with that, um, yeah, Ezra Miller had quite a couple crazy couple years. I'm going to pull up here in a second. Yeah, you have to educate me on his. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna educate. Yeah. I, I had, I had, I was. Uh, can you see that's on my screen right now? Yes, I can. I, okay. I was, I was unaware of his extracurricular activities. That's a, that's a good way to put it. Okay, so Ezra Miller was uh, cast as the Flash for the DCEU, starting with all the Zack Snyder stuff, and was also in um, the that Harry Potter movie. Uh, or the Fantastic Beasts Fantastic piece. Yeah, so I'm on Wikipedia right now for the people who can't watch this, and we're going to look at uh, his contro their controversies as we goes by they, them uh, pronouns. If I, I slip up, I do apologize. Um, controversies and legal issues. So on Jan June 28, 2011, in the midst of filming Perks of Being a Wallflower, well, uh, Miller had a discovered mar marijuana in Miller's possession. That's it's not at all a big deal. That is early, early in their career. Now we're doing uh, 2020, which is everyone is going crazy because of COVID. So on a, um, there was a video that showed uh, Ezra strangling a woman and throwing her to the ground. A bar employee identified the person in the video as Miller, who was escorting off the premises by staff after the incident. In uh, September 2022, a representative for Miller claimed that the strangulation was a spontaneous reaction spurred by a group of teenagers taunting Miller over Miller's mixed martial arts skills and that they did not strangle the woman but went at her collarbone. Um, any thoughts? So, what, he... They claimed he strangled them? Yeah. and so they he, were... But he but he said he went for the collarbone. Yeah. So, kind of did a... Uh, which is Elvis like a... Presley. You ever see the movie Dewey Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story? No, I've heard of it, though. Uh, it's so funny. Um, but Dewey Cox meets Elvis, and Elvis says, Hey, man, how are you doing? Oh, oh, by the collar. I came here, you enough, damn man. I was like, Crotte, huh? I was like, Oh, stop. But yeah, sounds like that. If he went for a collarbone instead of choking her. 
which group of teenagers spontaneous reaction i don't know it sounds like a bunch of just lunacy there are a bunch of hawaii incidents in the same year and by early march miller had arrived on the island hawaii from march 7th through the 28th miller was a subject of 10 calls to the police because of various minor incidents such as filming people at a gas station loitering at a restaurant sidewalk and arguing with people eventually miller was invited to live with a couple at a hostel in Hilo after Miller allegedly became acquainted with them at a farmer's market. On March 28th, Miller was arrested in Hilo following what police said was a physical altercation with patrons after having hurled obscenities at customers at a karaoke bar and was charged with disorderly conduct and harassment. Miller later claimed that they became enraged after being accosted by a Nazi. But Hawaii Police Assistant Chief... Kenneth Quishio, I'm going to butcher these names, I am, I apologize, stated that Miller's outrage was caused by patrons of the bar singing Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper's song Shallow. Miller claimed to have filmed the incident so the footage could later be used as NFT crypto art. During their arrest, Miller said that they were unlawfully persecuted and after members of the police misgendered them, accused the officers of intentionally committing a hate crime. Silence. <laughs> well, there is only so many times you can hear that song. Um, but why was he loitering? They outside? loitering. They loitering. Peter, we don't want to get canceled on our second episode. What? Quit misgendering Ezra. I'm misgendering people. Why is he loitering at a sidewalk? I don't know. Arguing, arguing with random people. I don't know. Um, ask Ezra. The he probably, probably go for my collarbone if I asked him. Probably would. Um, this is where it gets really interesting. In June 2022, the Standing Rocks Sioux uh, Tribal Court issued a temporary order of protection against Miller on behalf of 18-year-old activist Dakota Iron Eyes. Her parents, uh, Chase Iron Eyes and Sarah Jumping Eagle requested the court order because they said of Ezra's use of violence, intimidation, threat of violence, fear, paranoia, delusions, and drugs to hold sway over their child. The relationship between Miller and the Iron Eyes, which began in 2016 when Miller was aged 23 and Iron Eyes was aged 12, you, we, we can probably see where this is going, also mm. included Iron Eyes flying to London in 2017 to visit Miller on the set of The Crimes of Grindelwald, Iron Eyes dropped out of school in 2021, which her parents believe she did not. She did in order to follow Miller. Her parents also stated in court documents that Miller had caused bruises on their child's body and that Miller has groomed and manipulated her. Uh, text and video responses were later posted on the Instagram account believing to belong to Iron Eyes. Denying her parents' allegations, however, the parents countered by claiming their child did not have control over her social media account, Iron Eyes stated in the video response that it was her own choice not to have a phone. Law enforcement were initially unable to locate Miller to serve them with the order. Miller then posted messages on their Instagram account mocking the court's attempts to find them, but has since deleted them. Iron Eyes' parents later attempted to obtain a permanent order of protection against Miller, but it was eventually dismissed. They also withdrew the request for the custody of Iron Eyes. In August, Miller's former music collaborator, Oliver Ignitus, stated that he had witnessed Miller verbally abuse Iron Eyes over her wearing makeup. 
Iron Eyes defended Miller by referring to the incident as a catty comment and a part of queer dialogue. She called the allegation of abuse homophobic. According to a former resident of Miller's Farm in Vermont, Miller believed that people criticize the relationship with Iron Eyes because she is an apocalyptic Native American spider goddess who, along with Miller as Jesus Christ, will bring about an indigenous revolution. Miller allegedly refers to themselves as a messiah to Native Americans, although Miller does not have indigenous ancestry and is the sole person making this claim. Vanity Fair interviewed people in Miller's circle and wrote that he professes that he walks through this world with an indigenous humility and spiritual awareness, says one indigenous insider. But point of fact, he doesn't at all because he doesn't care. All right. Again, speechless, right? That got, that got pretty weird. Oh, it, I got it got a little weird. And then we got harassment. Like, like I, I, this is my first time reading this in full. Oh, like I did basically. He's a very there. busy person. Yes, they were a very busy person. On June 16th, 2022, a mother and her 12-year-old child were granted a temporary harassment prevention order against Miller in Massachusetts after they said that Miller threatened the woman's family and showed inappropriate behavior towards the child. According to the mother, child, and a neighbor, Miller, who was originally visiting a neighbor, showed up at the family's house unexpectedly while wearing a bulletproof vest. Jesus fucking Christ. And brandishing a gun before pestering their child by uncomfortably touching the child's hips. Uh, the child's mother told Business Insider that Miller had known the source since February, had taken an interest in the child because of their style and maturity level. That's, I don't like saying that out loud. Um, and had offered to start a clothing line with the child and fund all their attendance to design school. The mother also said that Miller considered the child to be a powerful mystical being who would be lucky to have Ezra guide and protect them. Shortly before the order was granted, in June, the mother stated Miller arrived at the family's house dressed as a cowboy and attempted to buy horses for the child. I got nothing? Alleged. Allegedly. Has a thing yeah, for 12-year-olds, it looks like. These are these are all allegedly... Oh, this is this is the last one we're going to talk about, and then there's a burglary charge, and then obviously, you know, they got help for mental health. Uh, they got mental health treatment because of uh, Warner Brothers wanting this movie not to fail. Which, uh, <laughs> as reported by Rolling Stone, Miller has been housing a woman they met in Hilo, Hawaii, and her three children on Miller's farm in Stamford, Vermont, since mid-April 2022. Allegations from both anonymous and named sources, as well as the child's father, are that guns and ammunition are easily accessible to the child children aged uh, one through five, and that the one-year-old put a loose bullet in her mouth. The woman claimed that Miller was offering them a shelter from her ex-husband, who she alleged was abusive. Further claims include assault rifles being propped up on piles of the children's stuffed animals and heavy marijuana use, with people smoking marijuana in front of the children in rooms without proper ventilation, including a witness stating that her, he saw blow, Miller blow marijuana smoke in the baby's face and use their arm to waft more smoke in the baby's direction. Willing, Rolling Stone also published that Miller has been running a large unlicensed marijuana cultivation operation. On the weekend of August 6, 2022, Vermont State Police approached Miller's residence and repeatedly attempted to serve the mother an emergency care order that demanded the child's removal from her care and the home over fear for their safety. Based on a Department for Children and Families uh, caseworker's affidavit, the state attorney's office had requested two emergency care orders over the past week that sought to transfer local co legal custody uh, of the children over to the state. 
Yeah, this is um this is a mess. Uh just change your your view on the movie. <laughs> well, <laughs> not really. Okay, so it, it, movie's the movie and this guy's alleged. Uh, a lot of crazy alleged stuff. Personal personal life is uh is is nothing something to do with the movie. I, I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to be around in a right. 10-foot pole. See yeah. him coming down the street and yeah. pull the blinds. Um, yeah, so this movie has been in production for a long ass time, like most of these DC movies. And going yeah. over kind of briefly what it said on Wikipedia. Well, it was announced, what, in 2013 that they're going to make a movie, a Flash movie for 2016? Well, no, it started all the way back in 2004. Oh, that um, far. David S. Goyer wrote Batman Begins and Dark Knight, and of course those movies have huge critical acclaim and kind of uh, jump, you know, kickstarted David S. Goyer's career. Um, based off the script uh, of Batman Begins, they greenlit him to write a script for The Flash, and Ryan Reynolds was supposed to play Flash. And then, you know, nothing came of that. And then, of course, uh, the DCEU starts as Miller gets cast as Flash in, you know, the Suicide Squad and, you know, BVS and stuff. So then there was going to be a movie, a Flash movie, that uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller wrote the script for. Then Seth Graham Smith was supposed to uh, direct. And Seth Graham Smith is not, was, was going to be his directorial debut. Let me see real quick uh, what this person did, because I remember reading and it was some something of note. Uh, the, oh, the guy that wrote the books for Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and Abraham Lincoln, uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. And then that never panned out. And then uh, uh, Rick Famuya, yeah, the mean? guy that does a bunch of Mandalorian uh, directing episodes. He was involved at some point, and then um, Robert Zemeckis and Matthew Vaughn were going to direct the movie, yeah. and then I, Grant I wrote. Yeah, I wrote a whole bunch of this down. Yeah, yeah. Phil Lord Lord Miller took the job in 2015, but then they want to go make the solo movie. And Seth Graham well Smith took it. Turned out well for them. Seth Graham Smith took it, and he's going to write and direct it based on Lord Miller's script ideas. In twenty in October twenty fifteen, then he left and Rick took it off, took it and hired he was hired in June twenty sixteen, but then he left in October because he wanted a more mature tone, and apparently the studio didn't like that. Or didn't like that idea. And then Joby Harold was hired to do a complete rewrite. Yep. You get in twenty seventeen. And then Robert Zemeckis, Matt Vaughn. Were offered to direct, but they took they turned it down for scheduling issues. Then Sam Raimi, Mark Webb, and Jordan Peele were offered, but they turned it down wisely. Um, ben Affleck turned it down to direct as well. <laughs> and then, then Grant Morrison and Ezra Miller were working on a script, yeah, for for a bit. And then um, Andy Muschietti. Um, well, no, in. then uh, John John Francis Francis Daly and John Goldstein confirmed as directors. And then the release date was pushed back to 2021. And then Ezra, and then Ezra Miller, he said, want to make a screenplay? And they didn't yeah, like with, his ideas. With uh, Grant Morrison. Yeah, they were writing a, a screenplay yeah. with Grant Morrison. Um, Daly, Daly and Goldstein left, and then Andy Muschietti took it over. Yep. And he's the is... one that stayed. 
he's 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 the one that stuck. Um, yeah. So we watched it. Uh, it starts uh, off interesting. I, I know movies. I'm sure have most movies have a lot of production pains before they even get started. But this seems like a bit of a much, a bit much. Yeah, it seems like they didn't know what they wanted to do. And um, but Warner Brothers not knowing what they want. Yeah, that that's surprising. That's very surprising. I don't know if anyone's been paying attention in the last three years, but Warner Brothers is in a fucking uh, shit show right now because of uh, their CEO kind of been... trying to run it like a like a honey boo boo. So, uh, it's no, kind seriously, of been a sh- it's always been a shit show. Yeah, David David Zaslav, the CEO, uh, was the Discovery CEO, and then when they merged, well, first off, AT and T bought them out, and they're trying to run it, and they're like, oh, we don't know how to run an entertainment company. We're going to sell it to Discovery. David Zaslav owns Discovery. He owns uh, now he owns uh, uh, Warner Brothers, and his claim to fame is discovering Honey Boo Boo. So that tells you everything uh, you need to know right there. What a genius! That's that's one word for it. Um, movie starts off interesting. Oh, you talking, talking about the segway? Uh, talking, talking about the whole opening where um. It starts with uh, Flash having to save the day, and it kind of deals with his dynamics with the Justice League, with like Alfred, Batman, Ben Batfleck, Ben Affleck, Batman, and um, how Ezra wants to be taken seriously and not be the person that uh, picks up uh, Bruce Wayne's messes. So there is a uh, Gotham General Hospital is uh, collapsing. Did we ever? Did they ever explain why? Like, was it a bomb? Was it an earthquake? Was it just? Uh, Batman's chasing those criminals who are stole some type of bioweapon. Yeah, but, but... yeah, they don't quite explain why there's a giant crater in the street. No, it's just, it's just there. Like It's just these guys drive away in this armored car and Batman's following them on his, on his bat cycle and he drops out from the bat cop to the bat uh, plane. Right. As he's giving no yeah. disregard to traffic around him, there's like children crossing the street and he like almost runs into them. It's just like He's shooting a machine gun back at these guys, yeah. <laughs> Typical so, Batman. Right. So Flash is a force is a force to save everyone in the hospital. And like the only people I guess that were in the building was in the, the newborn ward, the infant ward, the nurse and like yeah. Six yeah, everybody babies. everybody else. Yeah. Turns out <laughs> turns out there's tons of corpses in that rubble, but he saved the he saved that one nurse and that dog. Like he was like tying those electrical cables together. Like, what the heck was that? Like, he's like, what is that? What is he? He's in the basement tying all these stupid um, PVC pipes or cords together. Right. And it's like, this makes sense. How is this? It's like a, didn't Alfred say there's like a leak or something down there, like water leakage? Uh, Maybe. Yeah, he's tying, he's tying random stuff together from the ceiling. Yeah. And he's like, the Justice League doesn't take me seriously. And I'm like, I don't take you seriously either. Um, so the, the next scene, the, the baby saving scene is one that has been all over the internet and it was fucking weird and made no sense without context. And it's fucking weird and makes no sense with context. You showed, you shared like a gif with me and I thought that was just some kind of fake CGI, AI, AI type of thing. Right. This looks so bad. This can't be real. Yeah. It was real. It was real. <laughs> um, Flash is in his slow... I'm just going to call it the slow-mo mode. I don't know what the correct mechanical term is for this. 
He's in slow-mo mode to try to save the babies that are falling off the skyscraper. And there's one baby that's about to have a bottle of acid sprayed on it. There's one baby that's going to have a bunch of uh, uh, scalpels hit it. And then there's uh, a bunch of other babies. Like a propane tank shooting Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, So Ezra's hungry. He needs to eat to keep up his metabolism. So while he's in slow-mo mode, he puts a burrito in a microwave, eats it, a bite out of it, and then throws the burrito at the bottle of acid, which knocks it away from the baby and then he throws a uh, like a bedpan at the scapples and then he puts a baby in the microwave while he's just kind of like floating and doing this like fake run and and then and then he saves all the babies and then the nurse is screaming her ass off because she just sees these babies and hasn't yeah and then Ezra's holding one of the babies and he's got this like crazy look on his face. He's like, well, no, first he takes it out of the microwave. Oh, in front the, of her. And the baby's steaming. Yeah. And then the nurse is screaming because she's like, Ezra Miller is next to these kids. And um, I don't have a restraining order, but, but seriously, they make, yeah, well, they're know, not 12 years old. They're not 12 years old. So <laughs> 12 days old, maybe. Um, so, so Ezra makes a comment to the nurse, basically saying, "You should probably seek help from a mental health professional." The Justice League still hasn't gotten that part wrong. Wink, wink. Yeah, they're not. They're they, they're not good in the mental health aspect yet. I mean, considering wink. what has what has happened, it's just like what? what? Yeah. He says so, it so stiltedly. I know. I know. He's his character is kind of an awkward guy, but. It, it there was there nothing in the production of that movie had any influence on that line of dialogue. I can tell you that much without any sarcasm. Yeah. Uh, so, so then he goes and saves. Uh, well, does he end so, up saving Batman? He tries no, saving. no. So what happens is Batman um, car crashes and then goes over a bridge, and Batman's holding on to the guy. That is holding on to the virus. If the virus gets into the water, somehow it will kill half of Gotham. I don't know how that works. And then um, uh, the Lasso of Truth. Um, yeah, Wonder, Woman, Wonder Woman shows up. Yeah, no, Lasso of Truth connects his hand and the robber's hand, and then they get pulled up. And, of course, there's the hero shot of Gal Gadot. She's smiling and like, I'm back, bitches. And then um, as they're, hold, as they're holding... They're getting their t- hands are tied by the lasso of truth. All their like truths come out, and Batman's like, "I should have just worked on infrastructure and helping people with uh, with the charity." And then the other guy's like, "I'm so bad at this," or something. Then Ezra Miller, I do, I do crime fighting as a way to make for my father issues. And they, the cop, the criminals, like, I had father issues too. Yeah, and then and I, just, I just like, I just like, the, I just like Batman's. This goofy grin that he has on his face when he's looking at Wonder Woman, he's like, "Hi, right?" And it's just like this. It's show... like he's trying to flirt, but he doesn't know how to flirt. And he looks so weird I thought in that the was, cowl. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, he looks so fucking weird in the cowl too. And it's like the the yeah. Justice League thing where they're like, "Oh yeah, we like each other, but we're gonna never mention it again." Um, and then Ezra or Flash touches the rope and is like, "I've I I've never had sex. I know what it is though," and it just. Okay. Well, in Gal Gadot, you have those, for whatever reason, you, you know, people watching this movie know what the last whole truth is. You've seen Wonder Woman. Right. Well, probably. But she has to have this ADR dialogue. 
lasso of truth. It does its job. Yeah. I was like, I know what the lasso of truth is. You don't have to say it every time somebody touches it and spurts out something uh, embarrassing. I like lasso of truth. <laughs> I like my 90 day fiance. Oh, shit. Wait, I shouldn't have been touching that rope. Okay. So that is the intro to the movie. Um, it starts off. And then the uh, conflict of the movie. I don't know. This is uh, Barry Allen because is a is a forensic detective because his dad was wrongly uh, convicted of a crime. So the movie, uh, the, the acquittal date or something, the trial for yes. like being acquitted is coming yeah, up. Yeah, the trial, the trial for new evidence to possibly acquit his dad of being in yeah. jail. And his his dad was played by Billy Cudrup in the Zack Snyder ones and the in the yeah. Josh Whedon Justice League. And Billy Cudrup was, of course, Doctor Manhattan in um the Watchmen movie. He was that uh, religious guy in Alien Covenant, which was kind of an interesting thing they did with that character, but didn't really do anything with it. So it was weird not having Billy Cudrup as uh, Barry Allen's dad. Yeah, uh, they they replaced him with the Office Space. Oh, is that who that was? I never, I've never. Ron Living, Ron Livingston. Oh, the okay. main main actor from Living from Office Space, and uh, he was in Band of Brothers. That's where oh, I know him from. Okay, yeah. All I kept thinking, what this isn't Doctor Manhattan. Who is this? Yeah. <laughs> um. So the the issue is the the security camera footage. Um. So basically, what happened is, um, his dad was. Went to the grocery store to grab some, you know, a can of tomatoes. He comes back. Mom is dead. They think his dad killed his mom because there's no one was there. No one saw anything. So the video camera footage at the grocery store, um, there's some AI tech that Bruce Wayne has that basically cleans up the footage. But the camera, um, Barry Allen's dad is looking down. You can't see his face. So therefore, it's like, is it him? Isn't it him? He's always wearing this hat, so he can't see his face. Right, he's wearing the hat in his like gray gray hoodie sweater. So that is that is the major conflict of the movie. And as he steps out of uh, court, there is the uh, the uh, woman who she was in the Justice League movie, right? She's the one that he saves in the slow mo, or yeah, he's or... the one that yeah he he saves her and um, steals the hot dog. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um. So, but I, I told you know, they don't. She's like, I think I've seen you before, and you're like, no, 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 I haven't. She's like, oh, a... we're best old, we're, we're old college friends, actually. Yeah. Like, oh, really? Like, nice backstory. Just blurt that out there. It's like, oh yeah, these characters, they know each other. They know each other. Um, she's now the. Act... I don't. I didn't believe that they knew each other very well, or they. To me, it didn't like seem like they had much chemistry. No, and also she's the reporter um, that's supposed to speak on uh, her dad's or her, his dad's case, and she's coming at it an angle first as a reporter, and then she's like, "No, I like you. Um, let's ignore this conflict character dynamic for the rest of the movie that we just set up." And then he's got his two best friends. Yeah, ignore. You know, I I want to come at you. Come out this as friends, but do you have any angle on or any information on what your dad's story is? <laughs> no. This no. is from a reporter's point of view, too. I don't I'm not looking at you as a friend, I'm looking at you as my my story. Um, and then uh, the Flash also has two friends at the forensics lab that he works at that um 
are there for like two seconds and they're annoying and then they're gone and I okay and the job he works at he's on thin ice because he's always late because he's doing all the Justice League stuff oh and then also and when he gets a call to go to Gotham at the beginning of the movie it's him running super fast from where he is all the way to Gotham and it's it's goofy conveniently straight road most of the way yeah Gotham has some great infrastructure they did some great planning there well if he's the Flash, he's probably in Capital City or Central City. Central City is like Ohio, I think. Yeah, Capital, Capital City is the rival city of uh, Homer Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Central City, I'm sorry. He was in Central City. It's been, and then... been a long time since I read the Flash books, but he's, I... not, next, he's not anywhere near Gotham. No. I think it's supposed to be middle of the, middle of the country. Yeah. And then Gotham is across the harbor from um, Metropolis, yeah, which is actually in some of the comics. So people are bitching for no reason. So he is upset about the stuff with his dad and he wants to change the past. So he just gets super upset, looks at the house and just starts running and just starts running, 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 running. And then he like runs so fast that he is within some weird space time continuum thing. And there's this little demon guy that pushes him out and, and then he lands and he lands in alternate past well we haven't gotten quite there yet hmm. um he tells bruce i think i can go back in time and bruce is like oh it's too dangerous don't do it and then he's like let's have dinner and bruce is like nah we ain't friends so then his uh girlfriend slash reporter high school college buddy goes to his apartment and then she says something and he's like I could go back in time if I could go back in time. <gasps> and then, like, his whole apartment's a mess. I could, so I, like, I could just move that. I'm not interacting with anything. It's all, it's all good. Bruce would be fine. Bruce would be fine with that. That's, he but, didn't say anything about not interacting. No, no nothing. Kind of that's all some semantics, right? It's all from a certain point of view. Like, he could have yeah, done it. He didn't Bruce, say anything. Yeah, because Bruce has this whole small scene with, with Barry or Ezra. It's like, don't go back in time. No matter what you do, don't go back in time. Nope, don't go back in time. That's bad, 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 bad flash, bad, bad, bad flash, bad janitor, bad, bad janitor. janitor. Um, so his, 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 uh, his, the woman he has a crush on, uh, goes to his apartment to talk. And before he like cleans it up real fast, and then he looks in his fridge and he's got nothing. So he like goes through a wall, grabs some beers for them. And of course, from the vibration of the molecules arranging when he opens it up, it just splatters on his face and he just like doesn't, he's like, oh. And then like opens up a drawer and all this crap falls out. So, yeah, he goes back in time to the point where his mom died. I think he went back in time at some point. And he went, then, yeah, he went back and it turns out it's the. What the day that he got his powers? Oh yeah, the day he got his powers. Unspecified time year, but it's the same day or week that General Zod showed up. Yeah, in Man of Steel. Yeah. So I don't know whatever year that was supposed to be. This is probably 2011 or something when the movie came out, or 2012, 2013. Whenever Man of Steel came out is when it takes place. Yeah. He said uh, he only had his powers. He said he later on. He said he only had my powers for a week once when right. Zod showed up. I had my powers right. for a week. Yeah. He so, shows up in this 
they have like this flashback and you know i'm sorry i'm jumping ahead and he's it's got this crappy real crappy flash costume he's like, like hockey pads and crash helmet <laughs> yeah he saves a kid but can't save the dad during zod's takeover yeah that's his one effort of being a hero that day yeah there wasn't anybody else running around they no could've, he could have no, he could have tried to no, what he could have done he could have saved the guy in bvs like the guy that lost his legs scoot mcnary's oh, character yes. and you know what then we wouldn't have the freaking conflict right <laughs> but then that would be an inflection point on batman Oh, Superman, I'm sorry. Yeah. Because then Luther wouldn't find this guy, give him a brand new wheelchair saying, I want to help you, and then send him with that wheelchair to Congress and blow up Congress with the, Superman inside of it. The lead line wheelchair that he couldn't see when he talks yeah. to, um, was it Holly Hunter? Or who was it? Um, yeah, the the senator lady. Was that Holly Hunter? Yes. Yeah. It's like I can't even take a fucking piss on my own standing up. And I was like, okay, okay. Back to Flash. Um, <laughs> he's he's at some specified getting, getting distracted of... by better movies. Yes, I'd I'd, I'd freaking watch BVS thirty times over versus this. Um, so he goes back in time his mom and dad are still alive so he's having dinner with his mom and dad and he's being super weird because he hasn't seen them and his mom has been dead before and then his mom's, his mom's been dead since he was what say 12 10 yeah, 12 something like that at a young age so for him it's been like 10 years at least yeah maybe a little bit longer i don't know how old this character is supposed to be yeah he says something like, oh, you cut your hair and stuff. He's like, oh, something, something, setting up something. And of course, as he's eating dinner, he sees uh, he sees himself outside, a different version of himself. He's like, I got to go out, uh, take a shit um, outside. Oh, that was weird that I said that. Yeah, I ignore it. I, you know, just, he's just being a fucking weirdo. I, I don't know if that's Ezra on a regular day or if, what, what the hell was going on with that. So, of course, that is the uh, flash from the timeline that he went back into. And this Flash doesn't have powers. This Flash is in college, coming home. He's got a date with his um, reporter, uh, reporter friend and from a different timeline. This, I'm just saying this out loud. This makes me realize how fucking nonsense this all is. Like, this is hurting my brain trying to <laughs> explain this movie right now. Well, your brain is now bat is now Batman's bowl of spaghetti. We're we're gonna get to that. We're we're gonna get to that metaphor. So. Uh, he's got that date, but the real Flash, Flash One, is like, no, 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 no. We gotta get, we gotta go back to the lab where I had the accident, so, uh, we, I can have my powers. If I don't get my powers, I can't go back in time. And it's like, okay, fine. They sneak into the lab. He's got the ability to like go through phase, solid objects, phase. phasing by uh, rearranging his atoms or some uh, something like that. Yeah, he, he vibrates himself so hard that he, uh, he can walk through stuff. That's gross. I didn't even know that. Well, yeah, that's what he does. He vibrates himself so hard. Oh, yeah. It's a big party hit. It's like some boys shit going on right there. And the lightning the lightning strike happens. It goes through both of them. And well, he, the... he, he, he forces Flash 2 to get the electric. Yeah, yeah. 
He's like, I don't want to get struck by lightning and doused by industrial chemicals. He's like, sit here, shut up, and take it. You're going to get struck by lightning like any second now. Yeah. Any second now. I open oh, the, these windows and, and the, sit right here. You, you do it in that. Yeah. Maybe realize he's got the fucking watch that tells him how full his fuel meter is and just like, oh, yeah. Come yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. It's this gimmick that shows up once in the beginning during the hospital scene and never ever again. Yeah. <laughs> Um so yeah, he both... basically has this he basically has this this meter on his wrist on his watch that tells him exactly how much calories he's got. Yeah. Remaining. And when is the out... more calories <laughs> more calories he's got on his watch, the dial, the fat the faster he can go and the slower time goes. Yeah, so it's always as, tab... as, as soon as he gets as soon as it gets lower, he, he speed time speeds up because he can't go fast. Yeah, it's his metabolism. The more he eats, the more powerful he is. He's a regular um, um, job of the hut. So he, they both get struck by lightning, and um, the new Flash has powers. The old Flash doesn't. The old Flash's tooth falls out and goes in the other Flash's mouth. The other Flash spits it out, and then the new Flash super glues it. This will have a huge part later in the movie. It's going to be a serious part of the movie. So that happens. So they're trying to figure out. So then they find out that. So, because I went to take a shit during this part of the movie. So the Zod, the Zod stuff happened, and then they go to try find Batman, or they're trying to find Batman. And then the Zod stuff happens. Okay, so yeah, you walked out of the movie at this point because I thought you were like done with it at that point. No, I was yeah. this shit. So they go to Young Flash, you know, like Barry Two. What do you want to call these guys? Barry one, Barry two, Flash one, uh, Flash two, real Flash, new Flash. Okay, so they go to New Flash's apartment. Oh, that's right. And he's he's got a roommate. It turns out that's Lane I did. I did see like, this. Alex. Yeah, cause all the havoc and, in the city. And then his roommate has a girlfriend, and uh, old Flash. A real Flash is trying to use Google to find um, Aquaman. He's trying to find uh, Superman. He's trying to find evidence of Wonder Woman, but nobody's showing up. But and then so, while you were gone, they he mentioned um, it's like this almost running joke at the beginning where he meets his younger his Flash two or new Flash. That he, it's like Back to the Future comes up a, cu a couple times, and um, Eric Stoltz, you know, originally was Marty McFly, and then he got replaced by um, Michael J. Fox. Right. But in in this timeline, it's Eric Stoltz actor. stayed on. Eric Stoltz um, stayed on, and he was Marty McFly, and he became Marty <laughs> McFly's. Famous for Marty McFly. So this guy's roommate or New Flash's roommate has a tattoo of Eric Stoltz on his on his calf. Upside oh down. My God. That's amazing. So he's like, they have this short little conversation about, you know, um old flashes or real flashes insisting that Michael J. Fox is Marty McFly. There's no in if ends or buts about it. He is Michael J. Mike or Marty McFly. Eric is Michael J. Fox, right? Like, no, Mike. And the girlfriend was like, 
Wait, Michael J. Fox, the guy from Footloose? It's like, no, that's Kevin Bacon. No, Kevin Bacon's that guy from Top Gun. <laughs> that's, and then I, you came back. I missed the best scene of the fucking movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, so then. So I don't know like, what, I don't know what uh, Tom Cruise is, but Kevin Bacon is now Tom Cruise. Eric Stoltz is Michael J. Fox, and Michael J. Fox is Kevin Bacon. Which one of those uh, people believes in Scientology, and which one has um, um, Parkinson's? Uh, probably still Michael J. Um, Wait, Kevin Bacon doesn't believe in Scientology. As far as I know. That was It was a joke about that, them switching places and then becoming the act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Does Scientology even exist in this new timeline, though? Let's ask uh, Ezra Miller. <laughs> yeah. What What is he all about with these 12-year-old girls, allegedly? Um, spiritual power? Yeah. I'm not touching that one with a 10-foot stick. <laughs> so, the new Flash has a night out on the town. And causes yes. a lot of havoc and gets super naked and it just becomes a soup, stupid gag and it's kind of funny. And then then the Zod comes out and is like, you are not alone. I want the Superman. I am Zod. I am Michael Shannon who wants, who said he had, to, I had to get Zack Snyder's permission to be in this movie. And then later said, I don't like this movie. It's like an actor playing, like an actor playing with action figures and how there's no story arc for this character which there isn't no nope. so then they nope. try to they try to find bruce wayne and then no when i came back is when they were fighting old man bruce wayne it was michael keaton he's there in that restaurant or wherever yeah. the hell they were well and, yeah they're in the restaurant and zod's tv program is on and it's like oh no zod we gotta find batman i'm batman so they take a taxi cab to wayne manor they were inside Wayne Manor. That was the place where he's making the fucking spaghetti. Yeah. I love how the fight scene with um, old man Bruce is his his wig of hair is down right. in front of his face. So you can disguise so you, it's not him. So you can disguise the stuntman real easy if you don't see his face. Yeah, he's got like a, he's got like a hobo haircut. He's got like the beard and shit. And then he's got like an ascot, which was a weird choice. I don't, did he have an ascot in like the original? I can't remember. No, no. Okay, so that was a weird choice. So he's trying to, the Flashes are trying to convince Batman that they need their help to go rescue Superman, who's in Russia, even, is, isn't they referred as like Soviet Russia or something? Um, I don't remember it being referred to as Soviet, I just remember Russia, but it does have the Soviet star symbol on the building. So then it, it is Soviet Russia, even though this is in modern times. Yeah, but it's uh, it him changing that can of tomatoes allowed the communist Russia to survive. No, he didn't change the can of tomatoes. He told his mom to remember to get another can, so therefore his dad wouldn't have to go back to the store and get uh, uh, and then come back and find the mom dead. He no, he put the can, I'm sorry, he put the can of tomatoes in her basket. Yeah, so, yeah. 
because he he does something else with the can of tomatoes at the end of the movie, which which yeah. we'll which we'll get yeah. to. Sorry, yeah. Originally, he puts the can of tomatoes in her shopping basket. Yeah, so she doesn't forget, she, and so she doesn't have to say, "Honey, go to the store and get some tomatoes." Uh, not the red can, the blue can. Not um, the green can, the blue can. The blue can. So <laughs> they're trying to talk to Bruce about why they need to save Superman, and Bruce is like, "No, I'm done with He's this." Like, yeah, they like this is a. He explains basically who they are. He's like, he's like, so you're you from a different. It's like yes. When this Zod guy is bad news, and he's gonna kill uh, millions of people, and we yeah. need to find Superman. Pass. <laughs> yeah. So they're 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 explaining. The funniest thing for me is it's pass, and he just walks away. Pass just walks away. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 done with that shit. The... He's like, why do I need to? Why do I need to get involved? Gotham is the um, most one of the most safest cities, crime-free cities in America. Mm, super safe. Yeah, that's right. Like Gotham, was, Gotham is like cured of crime. Opposite. Yeah, complete it's, opposite it's... Of Ben Affleck's Batman, where it's a crime crime ridden cesspool. Right. That nobody wants. To... <laughs> and the the. <laughs> We'll we'll get into all the multiverse stuff too, and I know that shit makes sense when you like dig deep into it. Mm. But so they have this whole metaphor to try to explain the different time points. So you know, Michael Keaton's got a single strand of spaghetti, saying this is you know what we think of time linearity, like from one to the other, it's a straight line. And then he grabs another thing of spaghetti and does a cross there. So the two pieces of spaghetti are intersecting. That is a fracture point. That is a pivotal moment in time where you fuck things up. Peter here is the man with the uh, knitting needles who's going to um, show us an example if you're watching this on YouTube. Painting. Painting needles. Painting painting brushes. Uh, uh, <laughs> like that. Yeah, like that. And then he's making spaghetti and he's talking about how and then puts his, the cooked noodles in a bowl and is like, this is the multiverse. It's a fucking mess. And pours the spaghetti sauce in here. It's a mess. It doesn't make sense. We don't have to have this make sense. We got a spaghetti metaphor. So, basically, they have to go to find Superman uh, before the uh, Zod invasion. And they go to Soviet Russia. That's not Soviet Russia, but it's Soviet Russia. The secret base. And it's not Superman, is it? No, it's it's almost they're almost doing the Superman is a communist uh, comic book, Red Sun, where instead of Kansas, Superman lands in Soviet Russia. Did they say that? No. Uh, well, I just I just thought she was captured. Barry, Barry's Barry, Barry's able to use the back computer to um, access NASA files and uh, find out that in you know the year that. Superman originally was supposed to come to Earth, land on Earth. Um, something, you know, landed in Russia instead, in, instead of Kansas. Oh, so, so that's this how... Supergirl was in Russia the whole time. Yes, yes. He thinks it's Superman. But let's let's yeah. let's let's cram in the Red Sun story without doing any of the work. This is this whole fucking movie. Yeah. Well, no, Supergirl isn't even in the Red Sun book. It's it's. Like this alternate universe where Batman or Superman is a communist because he landed in communist Russia and he's a, you know, instead so, of Soviet all American, mm -hmm, instead of the all American patriot, he's a, he's a communist. And Batman is 
the american hero no well i think I've, it's been a long time since i read this book but he basically his sole purpose is to kill bat or kill superman and wonder woman's there everybody's a little bit dirtier yeah than the uh normal superheroes books so it's a it's a fun series very fun series yeah or, not even a series like one one big book i think yep it's it's a graphic novel so it's not superman it's supergirl and uh while she doesn't have a big part in the movie she's really great and i hope she returns for future um installments she's kind of like uh she's weakened because she was stuck in some metal uh sphere and they get her out and then she gets her powers back because of the sun and I did, I did like i did like how the her hand was all kind of emaciated yeah. as soon as the sun hit her the her flesh the sun... kind of her yeah, flesh reformed and pushed pushed out and it started kind of coming back to form as she's regaining her strength because of the sun yeah, yeah that was really cool and then, oh my god, that's, and they're fighting in there, and then what happens to where the one Flash is, like, throwing up constantly? Oh, um, new Flash, since he has powers. Uh, oh, he moves him super fast, and he's he, like, what'd you yeah, do? He moves, he moves him aside to stop him from getting shot by a bunch of bullets. He's like, what did you do? He's like, I moved you real quick. It's like, and he's, yeah, he just starts vomiting. And like 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 neon green vomit, and then the next scene it's still coming out, and there would not be that much in someone's stomach. <laughs> um, he has been eating a lot. He has. He's been eating a lot of uh, uh, babies and and burritos. He hasn't been eating babies. That's a joke. I'm sorry, babies. So, <laughs> so that happens, and then they yeah, go. So they, so they kill a bunch of Soviet uh, soldiers, commies. Yep. Which is fine because they're commies. Right, and communism bad. Right. bad. Socialism, communism bad. Socialism like, good. It's like it's like the old, it's like the old James Bond movies. It's okay as long as they're commies. Right. Yeah, it's it's okay. They go back to Wayne Manor. They uh, bury Alan, the first Flash, old old Flash. I forget what we call him. New Flash, old Flash, old Flash, real Flash. Um, has to get their powers back. So they go frickin' Benjamin Franklin and have a giant bat kite uh, get hit by lightning during a storm while Flash is in a chair with all the chemicals. Yeah, this is this is a um, story point that they took from the Flashpoint comic. The kite? Like the bat kite? Well, shooting himself full of electricity with the chemicals to try to get his powers back. Oh, gotcha. This is a thing that, this is one thing I recognize that they took from that book. Yeah, the Flashpoint paradox thingy yeah. or whatever. So Flash gets his powers back, and so they go. Well, he doesn't get him. He doesn't. No, he's, he doesn't get him back right away. The it fails, and Batman can't shoot him with a lightning bolt anymore because his his uh, all of his circuits fried because he's using this terminal that looks like it runs on uh, vacuum tubes. Right. Because he got so keep... Supergirl. So Supergirl shows up and flies him out, out into the thunderstorm. Oh, that's right. And then he gets struck by lightning. And he gets his music powers spells. Back. Yeah. Music spells and she's like, she's like, I got you. Because he said, I got you to her when he was rescuing her. I got it's you. It's like poetry, it rhymes. Yeah. 
So then that takes us to the last act of the movie, which is the final battle uh, with the Man of Steel villain during the Man of Steel scene. And they fight and they fight and they fight. And then Supergirl dies. And then one of the Michael Keaton dies. And then they go back in time. And I can't remember if they say Supergirl or not. Did they? I would nope, she so. always dies. She always dies. She's always dead. So then Flash is running, running through all his time warp shit. And then comes across the the time demon again, which is revealed to actually be uh, him from the future who got suck who got stuck into this time loop. And while that's happening, all the multiverses are uh, converging, and these multiverses are giant planets that have film strips going around them. And we see we see a bunch of the old serial Superman and Batman. We see Adam West brought to life with really bad CGI. We see Christopher Reeves brought to life with really shitty CGI. We see Nick Cage as Superman from the infamous Superman Lives movie that never came out fighting the fucking giant spider that Kevin Smith was forced to put into the script by its his the incompetent producer. That's a cut. That's an addition that I don't think a whole lot of people are going to get. No. Unless you're Kevin Smith fans. Or like I knew I knew of Nicolas Cage as Superman. And I knew of this, you know, failed movie. Um Somehow, some part of me knew about a giant spider. Yeah, but I had no idea that Spider Superman and giant spider were. Oh my god! Uh, so did you watch a thing together? Did you watch the rest of the so, video I sent you? Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kevin Smith tells a story of it's too being... bad there wasn't a polar bear, you know, corpse in the background there. Right, right. But the. You know, unless, unless you know Kevin Smith, that you, that's kind of a joke that I don't think a lot of people are going to get. No. I mean, it's cool to see um, Nick Cage as Superman, but it still looks like really yes. shitty CGI. There's like, like there's scenes where the Flash's like face is CG and stuff, and like even just the regular CG looks really bad. Um, but yeah, basically what happened with that movie is the producer was a total just incompetent hack who failed upwards in Hollywood and wanted a giant spider in the movie and didn't want Superman to fly, didn't want Superman to have the suit, and just yeah. Um so then it's revealed that uh Flash, the point where he changes the tomato can is a paradox and he can stop it all by making things back to where they were before. And he ends up doing that, gets to say goodbye to his mom through a touching scene where it's kind of creepy because she doesn't realize it's his son and it's just this grown man crying. And she's like, do you need a hug? Mothers always know. And so what he ends up doing is moving the can upwards. So uh, the video camera, um, Barry Allen's dad will be looking up and you can see his face and exonerate him. And he's exonerated and it's all happy. And then um, Bruce Wayne talks to him on the phone and then the car comes up and Bruce Wayne is revealed to be George Clooney and then Ezra Miller gives a really shitty grin and then the tooth he uh, super glued earlier falls out. Then we got the credits and then we got an end teaser uh, where Flash and Aquaman are walking home from a bar flat or Aquaman is fucking plastered and that's the movie. Yep. He, he leaves Aquaman lying drunk in a puddle. Yes. And that's the end. That's the end. So, what did you like about this movie? Okay, so let me just preface by saying, I I I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. Like I did. I like if I were to give it a scale of one to ten, I give it like a six six point five out of ten. I think it was a lot of fun. 
my issues stem more from the studio basically lying about the whole situation and just kind of the whole multiverse stuff and everything just feeling so tacked on and does not feel like it was thought out at all um you know the whole time we're watching this you know the whole time the movie is supposed to be coming out it premiered at CinemaCon, and they're like this is the greatest movie ever like it's way better than anyone thought it would be and then you know tom cruise or tom cruise is like this is really good james gunn is saying it's very good there's a freaking headline where the uh, production designer for the movie says the movie will make you forget about ezra miller's crimes it's so damn good yeah and we've had this before we had this with um uh what's the movie black adam he's gonna be the new hero that (laughs) you know what i mean like you know what i'm talking about and then yeah yeah it just then all the multiverse stuff you could tell they reshot that over and over again it just feels like corporate hands all over it and like while the movie's fun and it's it's a blast and like it's it's pretty funny the studio thinks the audience is so freaking dumb when they're not and that's the thing the whole multiverse stuff like if you look at the multiverse stuff in the spider-verse movies it makes sense right yeah it's thought out the the laws of it really work out so for example with the flash um ben affleck is no longer batman it's michael keaton but then who's the batman in michael keaton's world right it's like they're swapping characters without thinking of what's going on in that other universe george clooney is now batman well what happened to michael keaton what happened to so-and-so so-and-so what's going on in george clooney's world am i making sense or no like it is a jumble it's a jumbled mess that yeah they like the spider-verse movies apparently the 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 ending was like reshot and shot and reshot and reshot yeah time with all the executive stuff going on at warner brothers uh because of david zaslov <laughs> thank you david zaslov well the, the final ending of uh clooney and miller was shot in january of this year yeah and they had a whole different scene you know henry cavill was supposed to be in the movie apparently he shot stuff for the movie and that's the thing. It's just it's just so much like pandering without work, thinking of work, work, what works for the movie because we need we need to get people excited for the next thing, and like Marvel does that too. But the movies are thought out for the most part. Like they're they're well, you know, plotted. The rules you know make sense. Here it's just like you know in the Spider Verse movies. You know, Spider Gwen goes away from her world. She's gone in that world. There was not another Spider Gwen there. Here's just swapping characters just to swap characters without making any sense. And then the whole thing with Zod, like, why the hell did it have to take place at the end of you know, Ban of Steel? Like, it has no connection to the rest of the movie. It's just kind of like, we gotta, we gotta, like, bring things people are familiar with without thinking it through. Okay, so, what did you like about this movie? I told you what I liked. <laughs> I thought it was fun. I thought it was, okay. I thought it was entertaining. Like, I'd say, I'm glad I watched it. However, I just, I just think... I think this is very damaging when it comes to, um, cor- you know, corporate mandated things versus like art and like a well thought out script and stuff. That is kind of where my biggest issue is, is this is not the first time this has happened with DC. Like the studio is trying to gaslight everybody into thinking it's a great movie. Uh, people are saying the CGI is bad. The CGI is really bad. And Andy Muschietti's like, it's an artistic choice. That's what it's supposed to look like. And it's like, Bull fucking shit. Like, how long are you guys kind of you know, just like trying to We're think about the, uh, the the CGI in the Speed Force bubble, time yeah. bubble. Yeah. Where it, it's a stylized version of the people and you know other characters. It's like, 
okay, I kind of can get by that, but other it spots was have done better, yeah. But it just was it done could have so... been done better. It was like this. It was like this hybrid of cartoon and it looks so uh, plasticky. Lion. Yes, was, yes, plastic. Yeah, they look like they look like manic in the store models. Yeah, but a little bit higher quality. But um, CGI where Flash is, you know, the old Flash, new Flash are sitting next to each other in the bat plane, and um, new Flash, he's wearing Batman's old costume that he's kind of spray painted red. His face, his mouth. It looks so horrible. Yeah. Oh, we I forgot mean, to talk about the suit. The the other Flash's suit was Michael Keaton's suit, just cut and spray painted red. Yeah, but he's talking, and it's like they digitally removed, you know, the the part of his mouth that's not covered by the suit. Right. It's like they're animating, and it looks horrible. It's like, like the, the shadows don't. It's like lip shadows don't from Justice League. It's like it's like his lips have like. His his cheeks have like concaved in, and it's like the shadows right. are all wrong. It just looks weird. Right. It's not a long shot, but it just caught my eye. And you know, here's the thing: it's just like DC has had some really good stuff the past few years. Even some of the stuff people hated. I love I love Shazam. I love Aquaman. I love Birds of Prey. However, there's been some really damn good stuff with like Joker, with the Suicide Squad, which James Gunn did, who is now doing full creative reign and i'm excited to see what happens with you know everything he's got going on the batman like there is some good stuff but the thing is it just seems like they've been so wanting people to like have all these actors in peer peer without thinking of the overall product hmm. well this is the last holdover of the Zack snyder verse no we got one oh. more we got two more what's the other ones oh uh, we got we got blue beetle in august and then we got aquaman in uh, like december or something Ah, I see. So, yeah. So, uh, so did you like it or what? what um, yeah. What, what did you What do you think of it? What do you think of I it? liked it? I I liked it better than I thought I was going to. Uh, you know, cursorily you know, cursorily knowing about you know the production troubles of it, I hadn't read any of the reviews, so right. I was walking in. I was walking in blind with an open mind on it. Better than I thought it was going to be. Better than I thought I'd expected. Than I expected it ever to be. Um, Keaton as Batman was the highlight for me, because Michael Keaton Batman nineteen eighty nine was the first, you know, Batman I ever saw. He's my Batman. Um, he's probably the highlight for me, because he's he knows what the character is. Yeah. Um, you know, seeing the old style Batcave and Wayne Manor was fun you know we manner here it's like oh nice um the goofy interactions between ben affleck's batman and wonder woman where he's got that kind of goofy grin the one time he meets her in the movie um the emotional connection with the parents yeah that was good um i like the multiverse cameos the scene you know christopher reeve and supergirl I can never remember Supergirl's name. Christian Slater. I can never remember. I never. Her name. And the only of oh, the Superman movies I've seen is Returns. So I don't. I don't know. Oh man, you gotta watch the old Superman movies. Um, it's fun seeing Adam West universe. Yeah, it would have been funny if they could have could have done the the old nineteen forties Batman serials universe. 
Yeah. Or Batman, <laughs> he's got this, his cowl is kind of not I, very good. I mean, that's, that's my issue. It's just like, it's just these quick glimpses of these characters. It's kind of like, I know that thing. I know that thing. I know that thing. It felt like Space yeah, it's, Jam 2 was just a giant commercial. Speaking of freaking being a giant yeah, commercial, like, every poster candy. in the background in this movie was the Warner Brothers project. His computer had a Looney Tunes background. It's just kind of like... Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, there was there's a Mars Attacks poster. There was um I Am Legend. Um, there was Pacific Rim. Um, there was V for Vendetta. Um, those are the ones I can remember off the top of my head. But I was like paying attention to all that. I'm like that's Warner oh, see, Brothers. I was that's Warner Brothers. That's Warner Brothers. So I wasn't paying attention to the background a whole lot. Maybe that's why I wasn't enjoying the movie because I wasn't paying attention to the stuff happening <laughs> in frame. All right. So things that I disliked about the movie. The dodgy CGI. No, but but, but but I mean that's a creative decision. Well, I'm talking about Flash's face. Yeah, uh, that was a that was a creative decision. They have a crappy looking. That was a creative decision. General Zod, he's wasted. That was a creative decision. <laughs> it, he's just so his character is so flat. You know, you watch. He's so watch, good at Man of Steel. Yeah, watch Man of Steel. He's, he's got so fucking char- good. He's got a character. He's got motivation. You understand where he's coming from. This movie. I will find him. This movie. He's he is so flat. You know, when I see Michael Shannon, I expect emoting. I expect you know acting. In this one, he's just like, I don't want to be in this, but they offered me a shit ton of money. Carazorel. Oh, that's not yeah. Superman. I killed your cousin. Oh. <gasps> No, you no, didn't. Harvest your blood. Nah, you won't. And then he has no emotions. He has no motive. His motivation is to harvest blood. Right. But he and just, in he has of, no character development. Yeah. And Man of Steel, he's got character development. He's like, my duty is to protect my people. And now I have no people. Yeah, that's my bad, he, Michael he is, Shannon. He is, he is Michael Shannon acting. This yeah, that means not, that means he's, this movie he's not doing scary. any acting. No, he's not doing any acting. He looks bored out of his fucking mind. Uh, Supergirl uh, for me felt flat. I know you said you liked her. I didn't really care for her characterization. I didn't. She's she not in, in it enough. No, that's the thing. She's not in it enough, but she gave a good performance. I could see like her being like if they do more with that yeah, actor playing the character i could see a lot of cool stuff happening but again yeah she's wasted it's, again her. let's fit this in here just to fit stuff in here because it doesn't make sense because we can't get harry cavill yeah yeah i liked her i liked her she had a good look on i liked the costume yeah um you know a darker alternative reality take than the supergirl i'm used to um if she was in it more, I'd probably have more connection to her. I just didn't really feel much for it. Yeah. Uh, the alternate Barry Allen, alternate Flash, young he Flash. He was fun. Yeah, he was fun. I didn't. I, I thought he was very grating. The, the long hair one? Yes, the young version of himself. Talking about, you, you're, talking about, you're talking about the little kid version, or are you talking about the version at the where that's in college, like the Flash 2? The college, the college Flash 2. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't. I guess you know that's the that's the point of this character is being annoying and grating because even 
older version of himself calls him out on it. Yeah, it's Ezra Miller playing with himself. Could you just shut up for a moment and pay attention and act <laughs> act like this is serious? <laughs> Finally, oh, wait, that's I'm talking to myself now. It's like why this is why people talk. This is why people say this to me all the time. Realization. Um, and then the the ending, the ending battle, having it in the empty field of the desert. Yeah. Wow. There's no. It's like I was watching the Mummy Three. Right. Well, the other it's another thing... battle. In, it's another battle in a desert of nothing around. Right. Even the score, like if it was like Man of Steel, then as soon as the 1989 like bat, you know, plane, whatever the hell you want to call it, the bat Viet, flying bat thing. Bat, bat plane. Black bat plane shows up. It's the like it's the Danny Elfman score. Like even the score is so uninspired. It's like, I know this thing. I know that thing. Let's put them together. I can't remember the score of this movie at all. Exactly. I know the Batman I do I know the Danny Elfman Batman theme. But the flash theme was I I can't I can't even place it. Nothing know. was memorable. Nothing no. was very memorable. No. But if I had to give it a, a grade, B minus B around a B. Yeah. But that that's a thing. It's a fun If movie. I was a kid, if I was if I was a kid, if I was like 10, 12 years old. Right. Oh, I I would love this movie so much. It was so it would be so fun. And I could see, I, I enjoyed them. I enjoyed it while I was watching it. But thinking about it kind of hurts. Yes. <laughs> I had fun watching it. Now that I'm thinking about it, oh my God, that hurts. If I was a brain. kid, if I was a kid, I would eat this movie up. It was just right. great. No, I mean, it's fun. I, I, I thought it was fun. It just, I just feel like. It was way better than it, than, better than it should have been or had any right to be. With the production issues, yes, I, I agree. Um, I guess the real question, though, with the movie for you is, did it make you forget about Ezra Miller's crimes? Or did it make well, it worse? Since I, didn't really, since I didn't really know about Ezra Miller's crimes, I didn't have any problem forgetting about Ezra Miller's crimes. So doing this podcast made Alleged you, crimes. Alleged crimes. Alleged crimes, which are kind of wild. So, I mean, that is, that's like the the dc movie they were saying is going to reset everything which it didn't and like i knew it didn't and like people were saying it's great which it's entertaining but it's nowhere near the like revolutionary movie like been making it seem to play and that's no, kind of the no. yeah dc's kind of been in a sour spot for a while and i think I, the problem i have of dc you know the, the batman uh suicide squad um james gunn suicide squad not david ayers you know like david ayers yeah, his David, movie, his movie, has so much, his his so much that one had so much promise, but hey, let's give it to a trailer house that, or a, a editing house that only does trailers. Yeah, let's, I, edit, this, let's edit this movie without the director's input and kick him out of the studio. I'm curious what the actual <laughs> cut of that movie looks like. Let's interfere every step of the way with his movie. It's like what happened with Zack Snyder. It's like Warner Brothers, like executive level, just absolute shitholes. Like Zack Snyder yes. did BVS. It didn't do well. And then you watch the actual director's cut that has all the plot. And it's like, yeah, this is why the movie didn't do well. Because he didn't release the movie the way it was meant to be seen. Because he wanted to fit more show times in. Then they Zack, do, Snyder they... got, Zack Snyder got done dirty by those. The executives but might say my problem with Warner Brothers is it's like they, it's a bunch of executives have no idea and no business interfering with a filmmaker's process right 
just fund a damn movie. You know, let the filmmaker approve the script or do whatever, but get the hell out of the way. Right. If it's a good movie, it's a good movie. It's all on the directors, not because you're a genius, because you sit up in an ivory tower and have a yes man say everything to you. Yeah, what they, they're so they're so knee jerk reactionary that they, right. they look at Marvel and Kevin Feige, Feige, and um, it's like, well, you want that money? We want we want Marvel money. We want Marvel success. But we don't want to put any of the work in. We want to do everything so so lazily that people, hopefully, people won't see. Zack Snyder was doing that. He was he was, he was giving them he was giving them a, a universe. He was and, and like while it casting, might not be for everybody, it was a very unique was, take on it. He was doing awesome casting, right? I mean, Ezra and, Miller, however. Well, Ezra Miller and and Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. I like Jesse Eisenberg and Lex Luthor. You take those dirty words out of your mouth. Oh, I hate I hate his Lex Luthor take. You hate his why? I don't. It's I don't need a tech bro. I want I want tech lord. I want who who would be if anybody existing today on our planet who would be Lex Luthor. I can name two people, and they're both like heads of giant companies, and they're billionaires. Oh, you're talking about? Oh, I thought you were talking about like actor who could be. A no, I'm talking about real life. Like it makes sense. That's that's the direction they took the character, and whether you like or don't like his performance, that's a, you know that's a personal um, you know preference. Those two do- I think I know which douche lords you're talking about. Which douche lords am I referring to? Well, I don't want to get in trouble, but the said douche lords, so. I'm not going to name names. I'm talking about Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk. Yeah, I'll name it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> no one's watching this. No one's listening to this. Hey, the algorithm will watch it. Well, you know, they'll get a ping. They'll get a ping like, oh, oh. The the algorithm gonna, already knows everything about it. Teach, I'm not. I'm not gonna, too. They're going to they're gonna challenge you to a cage fight. I heard about that. <laughs> I my, like I got a guy I work with a fifty year old guy is telling me about it. I'm just like, how the hell do you know about this? And I don't. <laughs> I heard about this the other day. I was like, what the hell? All right, these guys got way too much time and way too much money on their hands. Way too Elon much Musk, time for one. Elon Musk could win a cage fight. <sighs> hey, hey, Zuckerberg's been doing MMA training. So. Oh my god. <laughs> fuck's going on with that world zuckerberg uh, zuckerberg's got the lean the leanness and the quickness and musk has got the uh musk body like a tank he's got the musk he's got you know he's got a he's got no muscles but he's got a body like a tank he's like a square he's he looks have you like seen that. him without a have you seen he him looks, without a shirt he looks horrifying without a shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> looks like his chest is trying to escape the rest of his body <laughs> they could have a they could have a pail off Hey, Elon Musk, they're, fuck they're you. In, they're both incredibly pale. They are. They, yeah, try, try to try to find where they are in the snow. You can spot them, you win. Uh, there's, <laughs> getting off topic, there's like a wrestler called Sheamus in WWE. Is it the guy with the red hair? Uh, yes. And he, Is he doesn't Irish? do it so much. Yes, he doesn't do it so much anymore, but his entrance was, he would stand at the top of the stage and go, fella! And they'd have these stage spotlights beam onto him, and he became this burning bright whiteness that overloaded the screen. And you couldn't see him anymore. He was just this big ball of white. You think and that's w- kind of what I imagine. That's kind of what I imagine Musk and Zuck would be 
if they got into a, a fight in the spot in the spotlights were on right. them. People would have to put on sunglasses. That'd People would have to put on sunglasses. Were your like, eclipse glasses? Yes, it would be it would be like um every give everybody Oppenheimer glasses for the for the nuclear explosion. Right. Put your goggles on. The person can't who, see nothing. The person who books a cage fight, I have become death destroyers. <laughs> so I yeah, DC DC is in a tough spot. Get back on topic. Yes. We're ragging on DC, not the not the musk lords. But they do deserve to be ragged on, so yeah. Um yeah, I mean, I I think getting James Gunn um, kind of be the creative figurehead behind all of it is a smart choice. I feel like it's going to help them in, in the future. I The stuff they did do that wasn't directly tied to the DCEU, like you know Joker, the Batman and stuff, I'm glad they're continuing that. Um, I really like that stuff, and I'm excited for the sequels. Um, Peacemaker is really good. Like, I mean, like, there's some good stuff, and it looks like they got mm -hmm. a you know, good vision. Um, but the thing is, it's just like... It's kind of got to be like a thing where it's like, fool me once, fool me twice. You know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Fool me thrice, I'm a fucking idiot. And, you know, it's just kind of like, there is so much uh, bad will with DC because with, of how things have been going lately. It's just kind of be like, like they really need to nail it with this Superman um, movie they got coming out. Yeah, Superman was a reborn, Superman Legacy. No, Legacy was the, the Nick Cage one. I don't remember the name of it, but uh, yeah, it's it's James Gunn wrote it. James Gunn's directing it. Yeah. So they, they better got... not they better knock it the fuck out of the park because you know I want my Henry Cavill. Yeah. Let's let's look at the James Gunn projects that have announced. Um, James Gunn and DC uh, slate. Okay, so uh, release dates are probably all fucked up because of the writer's strike. Um, but what they got is an animated show called Creature Commandos that comes out next year. James Gunn already wrote it. A seven-episode animated series written by Gunn that is already in production. Originally, a team of classic monsters assembled to fight Nazis. This is a modern take on the concept. The voice actors have yet to be cast, but the executives are looking to find people who can voice the animated characters and also portray the live-action versions when the antiheroes show up in movies and series. And then we got Waller, which is a spinoff of uh, Peacemaker. Viola Davis is back as the ruthless and morally ambiguous head of a government task force. It is being written by Crystal Henry, who wrote The Watchmen Show, and uh, Jeremy Carver, who is the creator of the Doom Patrol TV series, and that show is great if you haven't seen it before. Have you seen Doom Patrol? Nope, nope, haven't seen it. Know oh. of it, I know of it. I haven't seen you'd, you'd love it. You'd love it. But you also still haven't seen uh, Stranger Things or anything that's come out in the past 10 years. So, no, the only um, thing I've seen, the only thing I've seen that's come out in the past 10 years is Love Live. Well, uh, I mean, you watch the Star Wars stuff, don't you? Oh, yeah. Star, Star Wars, Star Trek. All right. Uh, the movie is Superman Legacy. You're uh, right. Occasionally, I'm... I occasionally I do watch more recent things, but. The big things, Game of Thrones, haven't watched. Stranger Things, haven't watched. Uh, Squid Crime. Game, you haven't watched. Squid uh, Game. Squid Game, uh, The Last of Us. Um, anything that anybody watched in the past 10 years, unless it's Love Live or Star Wars, you haven't watched. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Why are you on here again? <laughs> <laughs> 
can't go with the crowd. I'm being nah. contrarian. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be a hipster man. Um, Superman Legacy, you are right. I was wrong. Uh, is written by Gunn. They got Lanterns, which is a show that there's described as true, de- true, true detective in space. Have you seen True Detective? Nope, I haven't seen that. Jesus fucking Christ, Peter. <laughs> Uh, the Authority, a movie based on a team of superheroes with rather extreme methods of protecting the planet that first originated in the late 1990s under an influential imprint known as Wildstorm, run by artist and now head of DC Publishing, Jim Lee. One of the things of the DCU is that it's not just a story of heroes and villains, says Gunn. Not every film and TV show is going to be about good guys versus bad guys. Giant things from the sky come and good guy wins. There are white hats, black hats, and gray hats, added Saffron. They're kind of like Jack Nicholson and a few good men. They know that you want them on the wall, or at least they believe that. I don't know what any of that meant. Yeah. Word salad. Uh, then we got Paradise Lost. Uh, the duo described this HBO Max series as Game of Thrones-style uh, drama set on the all-female island that is Wonder Woman's birthplace. Themyscira filled with political intrigue and scheming between power players. It takes place before the events of the Wonder Woman film. So are the Wonder Woman films canon? That's my other fucking thing that annoys me about this. Like, they're just like, oh, it's canon. It doesn't fit in, but it's canon. Uh, The Brave and the Bold, which will be directed by Andy Muschietti, which is actually news that broke this week. This is the introduction of the DCU Batman, which is different than the uh, Batman that is played by um, um, uh, Robert Pattinson and directed by Matt Reeves. That's a whole different thing. Because they're kind of doing the Elseworlds branding for the movies that don't fit in their DCU, which I think is smart. Uh, from mm-hmm. a consumer standpoint, people are like, oh, it's part of the James universe. It's like, no, it's an Elseworlds picture. It's part of uh, whatever universe. Brave and, the bold, Brave, and, Brave and the Bold, if they... Uh, that could be interesting. If they keep kind of the same tone as this movie. Well, because... A, a, a little bit more lighthearted. They they describe it um the DCU introduction of Batman of Bruce Wayne and also introduces our favorite Robin, Damian Wayne, who is a little son of a bitch. The movie will take inspiration from the now classic Batman run written by Grant Morrison that introduced Batman to a son he never knew existed, a murderous tween raised by assassins. It's a very strange father and uh son story. Oh, so it's not the Brave and Bold that I'm thinking of. Are you thinking of the animated cartoon? Yes. Oh, okay. No, this is different. This is based off the Grant Morrison comic. Ah, all right. Uh, there's going to be... Are, boost- those are those are not so lighthearted. No, no. Uh, there's going to be a <laughs> Booster Gold uh, HBO Max series. I'm excited. I fucking love Booster Gold. There's going to be a Supergirl movie uh, taken from the recent Tom King written miniseries. And then there's going to be a Swamp Thing movie that is uh, directed and written by James Mangold. Yeah, so I mean, they got some stuff coming out. Looks like they have some ideas what they want to do. It looks like they're doing a bunch of weird stuff, which I'm all for. I'm sick of just seeing the you know the Wonder Woman, you know that type of shit. Like, give us some new characters, and that's what James Gunn is great at is uh, making you care about all these fucking weird rejects and and stuff. So, I mean, um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I I I'm, I, I love James Gunn. I'm a huge fan of all his work, and I hope uh, and wish him the best. And I hope this uh, this all works out. So we don't get a repeat of the flash. Yeah. As long as the studio executives stay out of it and do what they promised is to let him take care of the DCU. All right. But you know what? They also said that Flash is the greatest movie ever. It's gonna make you forget about Ezra Miller's crimes. 
And I'm starting to think the only reason Tom Cruise said good things about it is because he thinks of himself as a savior of cinema and wants to, because remember he, he bitched at people during COVID. Now put on a fucking mask. We're putting people in jobs. The industry depends on us. So, I mean, that, that's where I think it was coming from his point of view. Um, James Gunn, I, I, I honestly want to ask him, you know, we're going to fucking do this right now. I'm going to ask him on Twitter if he's contractual obligated. Um, I respect <laughs> you, James Gunn. I am sorry. I just, I just need to know, like, if you, if you think this is, I just need to know right now. So we're going to, uh, we're going to, I can't see it because of this green screen crap, but we're going to uh, ask him on Twitter. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see. And if we, if he does get back to us uh, next episode, we'll, uh, we'll go over his response, which is probably not going to happen. So let's tweet. He's a very fan interactive kind of guy though. He so is. Um, never know. At uh, James Gunn. Hey, I'm a huge fan of your work, but I do have a question. Can you confirm or deny whether you are contractually obligated to praise the Flash movie? And for you, those of you listening on Spotify or the podcast without the video, he uh, text, what, talk, speech to text. Yeah. That one. Yeah, so anything I said, the the phone typed on Twitter. And I just tweeted it. I'm probably going to get blocked by James Gunn, but I don't know. So that is our discussion on The Flash and the DCU and uh, Peter's introduction to Ezra Miller's alleged crimes. Yes. Now, I, now think... I can never forget about his alleged crimes. Oh, absolutely. The next time I see this, the next time I see Flash. And uh, Pete, before we go, I got a question for you. Hmm. What is better than a billion dollars? What is better to have than a billion dollars? Oh, there's so many good things to have other than a billion dollars. So it deals with some very timely events this week. So what by the time good, it's put... good health, uh, clean air, clean water. If you're a billionaire, um, let me let me rephrase it. Let me rephrase it. If you're a billionaire and you're on a a freaking uh, fiberglass uh, uh, steel drum going to the bottom of Titanic yes. Ocean. Uh, a, a a submarine that has oh, yes, had yes. so many safety issues. What would be better than having a billion dollars? Oxygen, oxygen, Peter. Come on. Oh well, you sorry. You you you're a frozen screen on me there. So I wasn't I was, able to see. You were frozen on me, you dingus. I was. You were frozen on yeah. me. Crazy on each. Yeah, 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 I see what you're doing. Sure, there. sure. Sure. So that is that is, that play, is my land connection for like... dude. This thing's got a freaking RTX 3070. Like this, this is this thing ain't ain't me, it's you, baby. Uh -huh. Yeah, like I don't know what that means. Probably is me. Yeah, I don't. Probably um, is me. Also, I'm sorry, I just found this out today and I just got to tell you. Um hmm. So, you know, James Cameron has gone down to the Titanic several times. He's, you know, done like over 50 trips and he jokes, but probably isn't joking, but also is like stroking his ego that he was, he's been on the ship more than the captain has. Yeah. Yeah. So Bill Paxton went down with him in 2001. He's like, you know, telling uh, Rob Lowe, yeah, I'm going to go, you know, see the wreck of the Titanic with James Cameron next week. The date yeah. ended up being, um, okay, so they go down there, they come up, they're wondering like, Everybody on the ship has these just sullen, just just disturbed faces. 
Um, guess what happened? What day they were in the they're visiting the Titanic? Two thousand one. Uh, September 11th. Yep, they were they were visiting the Titanic when 9-11 happened. James Cameron and Bill Paxton. That fucking wild. 9-11, I woke up, I turned on the TV, and hey, the tower, one of the towers is hit. I'm like a moron, I go to class. I was like, this will be nothing. You know, it's, a, it's flaming, but this will be fine. And the math professor has the entire class. He, keep, he, he does the entire class, and I go to film class after that. And by this time, the second tower's on fire. And the film guy's like, we're not having class today. You can go home, go back home if you want, but we're not having class. That was a very odd day. As it, as it, was, as it was for the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, we're ending on a happy note. Yeah, yeah, happy us. Yeah. Um. Thank you for joining me for this discussion, Pete, on The Flash and the DCEU and your introduction to Ezra Miller's crimes. On that note, alleged alleged, yes, alleged crimes. On that note, (laughs) I will see you next time, Pete. I'll see all of you guys next time. And remember, stay celibate for celibate. Okay, we're done. Okay. I think that one was was better. That was better. Yeah.